And here we go. Where are you? Look around. This is Red's line. That's right. It's April 4th, 2019, and what did I just watch? Yeah, I, I still can't believe what I just watched. It was a uh, train wreck of epic rookie manager proportions. I don't think that uh, David Bell is prepared to be a major league manager. And I'm not being rude. I'm not knocking the guy. But he did have a losing record in the minors. And while you're going to say to me right now, Jared, that's irrelevant. Minor league records do not matter. Let me tell you something. Managers in the minor leagues should have a winning record one season out of their four or five. And David Bell doesn't have any. And the reason I say this, sometimes you coach players up. Sometimes you make the right decisions to out-school or out-maneuver another manager. But what does David Bell do? He does move after move after move that doesn't make any sense. I didn't start this Game recap, number six of Red's line to uh, do anything other than talk about the game. I didn't start this Red's line episode to get on a David Bell manager soapbox. But it must be said, this team had, well, let me start out where I was right in last night's game recap where I talked about what to look for today. I had talked about how Male has to pitch to contact. I need. I talked about how he needed to use the defense behind him, which the defense today was atrocious. And uh, I don't know that they got any errors, but Jose Peraza, forget about me criticizing him as a shortstop in his arm. That guy was all over the place at second base. And now I'm more convinced than ever that he needs to be the center fielder. Even though last night I said we needed a weaker Puig camp outfield. But that was my answer to the offense. But just the answer to Peraza, I don't know what he was thinking. The uh, Pirates did uh, two uh, hit and runs. You could call them a run and hit. But the first one that caused the first run was a... uh, I mean, he could not have been positioned any better to field that ground ball and do a double play. Now, he might have not been able to get the uh, first baseman or the, the, the batter running to first, but he was dang sure positioned to get the, uh, the lead runner coming from first to second. And Iglesias probably has a good enough arm to do that, turn that double play. And uh, Hernandez is out of that inning. Um, I'll talk about that later. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Yesterday, Malay needed to pitch to contact, use the defense, let them guys put the ball in play. And guess what? Six pitch first inning for Tyler Malay. It was amazing. Remember how the Milwaukee Brewers did that to the Reds the last two games? Eight inning or eight pitches the 
two games ago, nine pitch first inning last night or yesterday afternoon. Today, Tyler Molle pulled a Milwaukee Brewer pitching staff on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Six pitch first inning. Exactly what I said he had to do. He had to be efficient. And, and how efficient was he? 78 pitches through six innings. Five hits, no runs. Oh, what else did I say the Reds needed to do? Quit throwing out of the strike zone. Pitch in the, locate your fastball in the strike zone. Put it in the quadrant of the plate that the player cannot get good wood on the ball. Go back and listen to my Game 5 recap yesterday. I covered this exact situation, and today it came to fruition. Tyler Molle struck out five batters, didn't walk a batter. Amazing. 78 pitches through six innings, and then uh, something crazy happened. Seventh inning, top of the seventh. There's one out, runner on first, and uh, David Bell, who was desperate for a run, pulls Tyler Molle. And you're going to say, well, he got hit around in the sixth a little bit. Hey, man, he was 78 pitches through six innings. That's efficient. He's rolling. Yeah, there was a deep out to Scott Shebler, who I did give credit to for uh, fielding that ball in the deep gap of center field. He was positioned correctly. Read the bat off the ball. Unlike Peraza on a couple grounders, it was just, it was it was craziness what Peraza did today. I'll get to that later. Uh, David Bell pulls Male for Derek Dietrich, and I said mid comment, I said I don't care what Derek Dietrich does here. This was a mistake. Number one, you got to get these pitchers to go through seven. And what would it have been like to have back to back starts? For Castillo and Male to go in the seventh. It would have been amazing. And it would have lifted up that entire Reds bullpen. Which I know they got eight members of the bullpen, which they shouldn't have. But that's besides the point. Anyway, David Bell pulls Male. Now, I will give Dietrich credit. He gave that ball a ride. Deep left center field. I mean, sorry, not left center field. Deep left field. By the foul line. And then uh, I was out number two. And then the next thing you know, there's three outs. Didn't advance the runner. I just thought that you should have left Male in there. Let him in there. Let him go pitch the seventh. Start out the seventh because the guy was efficient. He wasn't tired. He hadn't lost anything off his fastball. Now, I will say this. He was missing low in the sixth inning when he got that third out. I'm not going to say he wasn't. He was missing a little bit low. But to have that breather come back out, I think, would have been the right move to do. Now, you know, you might even more quarterbacks out there that know better than me, you know, will say, well, what if Male got out there and, you know, get immediately give up some runs? Well, I got gotcha. you. I understand. But at 78 pitches through six innings, they needed to get this kid to go seven innings. Again, I will say this. What kind of articles will be writing today, which the local Cincinnati media is going to go all over themselves about how Malay didn't allow a run or a walk through six. That's to be expected, carrying, carrying water. But uh, imagine if they would have had back-to-back seven 
inning performances by two red starters. Somebody looked that up. When's the last time that happened? So he pulls him, and then the next inning they bring in Hernandez. And then the Pose Peraza show starts. And the I can't call it a floodgate. I'm not going to go that far. But then hit after hit after hit happens. And there and, and and Hernandez is doing exactly what he needs to do. He's 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 getting ground balls. Peraza is just not positioned any well actually he's positioned correctly. He just doesn't read the ball off the bat. It, it it is it was a it was as close to a train wreck at second base as I've ever seen and it all happened basically in one inning. Well, it got in the next inning as well, Peraza, but I just got to say, it, 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 was, it was painful to watch. And uh, I, I don't want to be hard on the guy. Peraza, I will tell you this, he put a swing on a baseball today that really impressed me. Makes me think, may, maybe you're wrong about his offensive potential. Maybe he's a 2020 player. He's uh, getting stronger, using his legs more, a little more upper body strength. He put a right on a ball that was really impressive that uh, I didn't think they were going to get. But somehow, some way, uh, they ran that ball down. And uh, I will give Praza credit for that, even though he didn't even get a hit. But it was a hell of a swing. It was a hell of a drive. He just got outclassed by a defender that was positioned right and hustled his uh, tail off to, to grab that. Ended up catching it. Might have changed the outcome of the game a little bit. But um, back to David Bell. Then he brings in Michael Lorenzen, who he's used more than anybody. And it's just like maybe you are, you got eight relievers. Why don't you spread some of these guys out? You've also had a rain out. So you can use somebody else. But I think he just thinks Michael Lorenzen is his stud pupil out of the bullpen. And Michael Lorenzen's a great pitcher, don't get me wrong. But uh, they might need to – there's something going on where he's not getting a lot of spin rate on the ball. His velocity's still good, but they're seeing it. They're seeing it really well. Maybe he's showing something. Maybe he's uh, tipping his pitches. But they're seeing that baseball because he has a real long delivery. And um, – Maybe something of that effect needs to happen. I'm not sure. But uh, it's either he's tired, overuse, or he's not hiding the baseball. So where do we go from here? Let's talk about some good things. Well, Jesse Winker got his first hit. He's one for four now. I guess that's a good thing. Barnhart continued to lead the team in hits. He was two for three. He's batting 313 on this short season. And I uh, will say this, Male was great. Six innings, five hits, no runs, no walks, five Ks. It's pretty amazing. And uh, I can't say how more proud I am of Male, and I can't say how more proud I am of me. For uh, saying exactly what needed to be done by these starters. 
going forward. And it being happened because, you know, my 99.7, my famous 99.7, my legendary 99.7 being right percentage has been taking a toll on because I said yesterday I think the Reds were going to just destroy uh, the Pirates today. I I even stuck my uh, neck out there and said 11 runs. I thought they were going to just tee off. Well, they didn't tee off on Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles pitched five innings of three-hit baseball, walked three batters. They could not get a run across, even though there was three walks. He struck out two. Uh, the Reds were three hit last night, and there were six hit tonight. And um, I'm not going to harp on this four-man outfield rotation or this outfield rotation because Puig is starting most of every game. Uh, Scott Shelburne got his first hit. Had to laugh at Tom Brenneman today. He said that uh, Scott Shelburne can hit him farther and as long as anybody or whatever he said. And I was like, no, Scott Shelburne is not Adam Dunn. Scott Shebler is not Jim Thome. Let's let's cool it on Scott Shebler's uh, length of driving home run baseballs, because Scott Shebler is a uh, fine person. He is top one percent of anybody that's ever played baseball. I'll give him that, because he is the major leagues. But uh, let's not compare him to uh, Willie Mays. Or Willie McCovey, or Jim Thome, or Adam Dunn, or any of these long ball swatters that we've had throughout the years. Just as it, just as not, just as if you're going to sit there and try and make, if you're going to sit there and try and put lipstick on a pig, just don't pull the wool over our eyes on something that is not like, you know, Dave Kingman. That guy struck out a lot, and he hit the ball a long way. You could say that about Dave Kingman. You could say, yeah, well, very few people can hit the ball as far and wide as Dave Kingman, but damn sure strikes out a lot. Scott Shebler is no world beater as far as home run distance. So it was almost laughable, and the defense of him being in that lineup is getting to be... Almost malpractice. Roster malpractice. Lineup malpractice. It's almost getting scary. And that's all I want to say about that. I just wanted to talk about sometimes if somebody says something, enough people believe it. And I just wanted to clarify that right now that Scott Shebler is no Adam Dunn, is no Jim Thome, is no Willie Mays hitting, you know, 500-foot baseballs. Remember William Opeña? That guy hit a ball a long way, barely made contact, but he could hit a ball a long way. Scott Shelbler's not even in that conversation as far as the ability to hit the ball a long way. Scott Shelbler has a better resume than William Opeña, I'm not going to lie, but he's not in William Opeña's league as far as linked on those home runs. He's not in Jim Thome's league. Well, I guess technically there are, they did play in the National League, but that was a joke. Just like the fact that Scott Shelburne's playing center field for the Cincinnati Reds almost every day. In fact, I think he has played center field every day. And uh, 
Maybe they're going to heat up. I don't know. Get that first hit out of the way. Monkey off the back. Maybe I'll be wrong. Scott Shebrel hit 280 with 35 home runs and drive in 100 RBIs. And you all can tell me to eat crow and whatever else you want me to shove in my mouth. That's a large bird. Well, medium-sized bird of black coloring. Let's talk about the good things that happened today. Well, I think I already did it. Let's talk about the bad things that happened today. Well, they got six hit after they got three hit. And ladies and gentlemen that have said, well, it's early, it's early, it's early, it's early, it's early. I'm tired of your song and dance. Remember how I said yesterday that I understood that it's early, but they did get swept by the Milwaukee Brewers and they had two shutouts? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's my third or fourth ladies and gentlemen of this show already. Now, they've been swept in the first six games and shut out three times. So, yes, Houston, Cincinnati, we have a problem. And uh, I'm telling you, it is, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to get so real with you right now. You may have to have a Xanax after this. This team has talent, okay? This is from the top-down leadership. And I'm not trying to disparage anybody. I'm not going to get on a Walt Jockety or Dick Williams soapbox. I'm not even going to sit here and talk about David Bell being a rookie manager, even though he looked like a deer in the headlights pulling those pitchers, making that move, pulling Molly. It just did not look good. It's This team is too talented to be this pathetic offensively. And I don't even like using the word pathetic because that's a very big allegation, very big word to talk about your favorite baseball team. I know I love this team. I don't only bleed red. I bleed Cincinnati red. But this team has taken on the personality of the leadership of this team. Now, I will tell you one thing. I saw Puig run out of grounder, and I said, man, that guy wants to be here. That guy wants to be a Cincinnati Red. That guy wants to win. That was really impressive. I probably should have put that in my good things little list. So Puig is trying harder than anybody. He wants to make a good impression. He wants the city of Cincinnati to love him after the uh, love-hate relationship he had in L.A. But I digress. Back to David Bell. This team, I I just don't know how else to explain it to you. That there's too much talent on this team to be going through this offensive woes. And Turner Ward, he he's a good hitting coach. The Dodgers scored a lot of runs. So I don't think it's Turner Ward's fault. But these guys are just not... Meshing as a team. The lineup efficiency is just not there. These pitchers, opposing pitchers, are getting out of there with 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 hardly any effort. And then when there is runners on base, the Reds don't seem to be able to put a string of hits together. And I'm telling you right now, 
the closest distance between two points or the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Is this team talented? Is this offense talented? So there is only the the fastest way between those two points is the answer. And this team has taken on the personality of its leadership. So you cannot sit here and criticize me in this podcast and say that I'm a negative person because I'm telling you this team has talent. Even the guy I don't like on the team, Jose Peraza, I just give him credit for driving that baseball. He's being really impressive right now as far as the whole exit velocity situation with Jose Peraza has changed from year to year, and now he's putting a lot of heat behind those swings. So, you got Jesse Winker, Joey Votto, Yasiel Puig in this lineup, and you got, I I dare to say it, Jose Peraza, even putting some good wood on the balls, (laughs) putting some good wood on the baseballs that are pitched towards the home plate. You've got to sit here and think, what is the missing ingredient? And it's all coming from the team taking on the personality of the leadership. And I believe that they need to deploy that outfield that I said or play Peraza in center field from now on because Peraza was horrible. But uh, I'm I'm almost willing to forgive Peraza at second base to just have that lineup go winker, Puig, Kemp, the rest of the the rest of the year through the trade deadline, Jose Peraza at second until uh, Jeanette gets back. They got to do something. This is not fun anymore for any of us to watch. Uh, I, I, you know, I my uh, my ninety nine point my world famous ninety nine point seven percent being right percentage has gone down, and I even said they were going to break out with eleven runs today. And when I first started watching this game, you know, like I said, Jose Praza, you know, give the ball, give the ball a jolt of energy. I, I thought when I first started this game, I said, man, this this offense is going to break out. This Jordan Lyles isn't going to know what hit him. And then all of a sudden, they just kept walking up there and kept walking back. <laughs> now, I know they got on six times or uh, eight times. Wait, nine times because there's three walks. But it was just like if there's a runner on base, I don't think that the Pittsburgh Pirates were even worried about the Reds. I mean, did you, when you watched this game, were you worried about the Cincinnati Reds offense when they had a runner on first or second? Did, or were you worried that they weren't going to come through? And that's my point, ladies and gentlemen. We have a crisis of a roster malpractice here. And I don't care what anybody says, I'm right. You can't continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And I'm telling you right now, I love this team. I don't like who's running it. I don't like the positions that are... I don't like the position that David Bell has put in that it's mandated that he plays Scott Shebler in center field because I will guarantee you nobody else would start Scott Shebler in center field. And he made a hell of a catch today, like I said. But anyway, 
So, again, what can the Reds do to improve? Bring up Phil Irvin. Move down Wani Peralta. Deploy the outfield, as I said. Winker, Puig, Kemp, and left, center, right. Bring up Irvin. Um, or do a double switch. Pinch hit him late in the games to bring him in center field. Pull out Kemp. Move Puig to right. That's what they got to do from now on. I'm, I'm just telling you. That's the only answer. Um... Scott Shebler, late in games, like I said, will be able to get more fastballs to look at. Pitch selection limited. He'll be able to produce a little bit better. Get some extra base hits. Put the ball in play more. Um, other than that, I don't know where to go from here because I can only say the same things every single night for so long. But you see where I'm going with this as far as the talent on this team, especially offensively. And uh, I will talk about something. If this Luis Castillo, Tyler Molle train keeps rolling, because Tyler Molle was amazing. All he's got to do is watch game film from today's game and just go back out there in four or five days when he starts again. And he's just got to just pound the strike zone, put it in the plate quadrant, the strike zone quadrant, that the uh, opposing hitter is worst, uh, basically his worst batting average. If you look at a... If you look at these quadrants on the uh, plates, it'll show different batting averages in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different quadrants in the strike zone. Uh, all got, Molle's got to do is pound that strike zone in that quadrant. Um, you know, he's got to throw some other pitches, you know, out, you know, every now and then to set up these uh, uh, batters, keep them off balance to put not good wood on the ball to where – it's a it's just going in the infield, dying in, dying in the grass, getting thrown out, you know, using the defense, pitch to contact. But he also was able to get those five strikeouts in six innings a day, which is impressive with no walks. So uh Male, if Male and Castillo can continue this, and I know it's only one start, you know, I know he can implode, but I don't think he's going to. I said from the first time I saw Tyler Molle pitch, and this was when I watched video on him in the minors, I was like, that guy is a little Greg Maddox. Mini-me. He, 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 he pounds the strike zones, but he doesn't pound the strike zone like Justin Verlander. This guy locates his fastball really well. And that's the only thing I can think that David Bell saw in the sixth inning when he was missing low. He might have been tired, a little fatigued, but I still would have ran him back out there. But anyway, back to my little uh, one-two Castillo-Male punch. Um, if they can figure this offense out, having Castillo and Male, and I know it's Male and Castillo, really, because Castillo uh, pitched yesterday on regular rest, and then Male came in today. So, uh, but I know there won't ever be a 1-2 unless it's Male and then Castillo. 5-1. <laughs> I made myself laugh. Not really. But um, to make a long story short, if they can get those guys rolling and Tanner Rourke gives them seven innings a start, six, seven good innings every start, I'm telling you what, Sonny Gray is not going to be as terrible as he was forever, especially, I think, when he gets to grip that baseball and it's not 35 degrees. So I think they have the pitching to make it, make this happen. You know, uh, through yesterday, the Reds' uh, TBRA was 
3.0, fifth best in the league. So, you know, with today only giving up two runs, you know, that probably went down a little bit. So the pitching isn't bad. And you can't even blame Hernandez. I mean, when I watched Peraza blow those plays, I could not believe my eyes. And I don't want to sit here and get back on harping on Peraza, but you got to go watch those, that game and see where those hit and runs were. And all he has to do is sit back and read the, uh, the ball off the bat, and he's going to get out of those innings for Hernandez. Anyway, so tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow? It's going to be uh, another Pittsburgh game. You're going to be able to see Sonny Gray. I'm really hoping that the weather will be pretty good tomorrow. And Sonny Gray is going to give us six or seven innings. And right now, I think, I hope he gives the Reds six innings. And they get him out early tomorrow after six, just to get him through six. He's going to be going up against Joe Musgrove. That's a 26-year-old right-hander. This is a guy that the Reds should be able to beat up on a little bit. But, of course, I said that about Davies. I said that about uh, Tyler, today's pitcher. So, uh, you know, that's the situation we're in. I might be wrong again. Jordan Lyles, not Tyler. What am I thinking of? I was thinking of Tyler Glass now, I think. He got traded from the Pirates to the Rays in the Chris Archer deal. So um, Jordan Lyles I thought was going to be just destroyed by the Reds. And I'm going to go with my gut here. I think that uh, even though my gut's wrong and hurting my universal, renowned 99.7% always right percentage, I'm going to say that Joe Musgrove is in for a world of hurt tomorrow. I'm not going to go out and say the Reds are going to score 11 runs. But you know what? I am going to say it. They're going to go out there and they're going to score 9, 10 runs tomorrow. Because Shelburne got a hit. Winker got a hit. These guys got that monkey off their back. And I think that the offense is going to explode tomorrow. I think the last two games were so embarrassing. Nine hits over the last two games and no runs. And you can go back that. Uh, no runs streak a little bit longer than that as well. I think this team is going to destroy Musgrove tomorrow. And if I'm wrong, I guess I'm wrong again. And I'm going to start saying that the next pitcher is going to perfect game the Reds so the Reds can actually score some runs in the next game recap. But I'm going with my gut again. And I'm going to say that we're going to see a 10-2, 10-3 game. Even though I said 11-3 yesterday, I'm telling you right now, I think Sonny Gray is going to pitch great. I think Sonny Gray is going to get through six innings tomorrow, and I hope, I do hope David Bell pulls him, unless he's at like 65 pitches through six. But if he's anywhere in the 90-85 to 90 pitch range through six, I think uh, he'll get pulled. And um, I'm hoping that Sonny Gray just gets through a game, limits the uh, hits, uh, I'm hoping that he doesn't walk anybody because last time I think he walked four batters and hit and hit one. So I'm just hoping that he gets a good grip on the baseball. He gets a good start out of the way so we can build on the rest of his season. Because let me tell you something else, ladies and gentlemen. If the Reds can get Castillo, Male, and Gray going where they're 
doing what they're capable of doing, everything that Rourke brings to the table is going to be gravy. I'm still not sold on Disco, but everything that Disco will bring until he gets hurt will be gravy. So, where do we go from here? I don't know. But all I can tell you is they can't be shut out this many more times this week. And if they do, I'll say all the it's early people, people, that they've been shut out again. But back to, I want to reiterate this one more time. For everybody saying it's early, yes, it is early, but it's how you are losing. When you're losing by being swept by the Brewers and you've been shut out three times in the first six games, that is a pattern. There is a pattern forming. You must fix this. And that's the people that are, I don't want to call us real fans. I just would rather say maybe more of a steward of the game. We'll say, yes, it is early, but there is a problem in these patterns that are forming where they've been already shut out three times, and they've been swept in a series. So that's why we're at this basically crossroads as fans saying, no, there's a problem. It's not just that it's early. So, Reds Nation, this has been another game recap. The Reds lost 2-0 to today. Shit out for the second time in a row. Third time this season already. And uh, what else can I say? But um, I'll tell you what. I think tomorrow is going to... I You know what? I'm going to... I think tomorrow they're going to unleash hell on the Pittsburgh Pirates in the Steel City. And that's all I want to say about that. <laughs>